0: Welcome to the Broker Growth Accelerator, where we discuss how real estate brokers can accelerate their growth by improving their agent recruiting and retention. I'm your host, Jim Turner, and today we'll discuss growth tactics with our special guest, who is a subject matter expert in the industry. Let's get started. Hi, my name is jim turner and i'm the ceo of broker kit and i'll be your host today today on the show we're excited to have uh, matt and and dr ben from brokerpreneur a coaching organization for real estate brokers who need coaching to help kind of grow their business to discuss their experience with the industry matt and ben welcome to the broker growth accelerator
1: thanks a lot jim we appreciate you I appreciate you having us on how are you today
0: doing great excited to have a an engaging conversation today with you guys um, about how those brokers out there can grow their business. So, tell me, guys, you know, how long have you been in the business, and uh, how did you get into kind of running a, a brokerage coaching firm?
1: So, I've been in the I've been in the real estate business coming up in twenty five years, and uh, and my background. I'll, Ben's more interesting, so I'll, I'll actually tell you Ben's story first, right? So, uh, so, so Ben uh, Ben's wife got uh, you know she got her 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 dream job here in Florida, right? Ben, and uh, she's an engineer. Yep. And, uh, and so she was, uh, she was coming here for a job. Ben was a practicing uh chiropractor. We don't just call him Dr. Ben cause it sounds cool. He's actually a doctor. And, uh, and so while he's waiting on his, while he's waiting on his license, he got, uh, uh, you know, he got, uh, had the chance to get into a, get, in, get into real estate and just crushed it in his first year. You know, he did about 8 million in his first year, no sphere of influence, wasn't buying a bunch of leads, anything like that. So he came in and crushed it. And that's kind of how it's kind of how I met you. Right, Ben?
2: Yeah, no, I absolutely. And, uh, You know, as far as brokerpreneur, our country, our our company, our our brokerpreneur podcast. You know, we met. Gosh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but we started doing this a couple years ago. But I know that you know. I, I was talking to Matt about doing a podcast, and it was actually a podcast with completely someone else. <laughs> it wasn't even me. And and I said, Matt, man, you know, you just need to do a podcast, right? You get all this information. You know everything there's to know about you know real estate and growing a brokerage. You need to do this podcast. He's like, No, I'm not doing a podcast every single week forever. Um, and and then he's like, Fine. He's like, all right, I give. All right, let's do a podcast. And then from that point on, he was just in love with podcasts mm-hmm. and uh, push comes shove and, you know, later down the road and all those things, you know, we said, all right, let's, let's, let's do this together. Let's, let's take that. And let's put this on steroids. And that's where brokerpreneur podcast, you know, kind of came to fruition. And then, you know, and then that actually turned in, we were pod, like podcast first and turned into to, to the company that we are today.
0: It, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sympathetic there. Having, having a podcast that we're obviously on, but talking right. about it for a couple of years before actually doing it really, really excited that, finally got around to kind of doing it. And this is, uh, I'm having tons of fun um, and having lots of great conversations. So good. So the, the focus of the broker growth accelerator is really around helping brokerages grow their firm by focusing on their talent funnel. You know, many brokerages, um, you know, are really super focused on the, on the sales funnel and every business, including every brokerage really has two primary funnels, the sales and the talent funnel kind of, you know, we're really focused on the talent funnel because we believe, you know, when you're the sales funnel super important you know in any business right and everybody in real estate really came up through sales right and that's kind of what they know best but to bring leverage to your business uh Building a great team, surrounding yourself with amazing people brings you that leverage um, to build a business that scales beyond what you could personally do and produce on your own and leads to great things. And so, you know, the focus today is really on that talent funnel starting at the top, right? And we believe all brokerages need to kind of manage the talent funnel just like they do with the sales funnel, have kind of, you know, systems, processes, metrics around that. So let's start at the top of the funnel, really, which is kind of leads on the recruiting side. Just like buyers and sellers, you need to fill the top of the funnel uh, to make sure what comes out at the bottom is uh, you know, a, a great team. So let's just talk about the ideal kind of agent. And this is going to depend on the individual brokerage, their market, their comp model, um, you know, their yep. branding, many different things. And and some, you know, many brokerages are looking for kind of a mix of new or experienced agents, mm-hmm. some kind of more than the other. But just in your experience, guys, like, what do you think is the ideal profile of agents they should be looking for to bring onto their team, and why?
1: Yeah, so probably, uh, probably, I'd start out with know thyself, right? I mean, if you want to, if, if you're going to have a brokerage and, and you've got people in there, and, and you don't want to just hire them and have them running out the running out the back door as quick as you're bringing them in, you know, part of that comes from what is it that, as a as a broker, as a broker owner, as a company, what is it that you offer, and who are you, and what are you good at. Understanding that to begin with helps you understand how to connect with the right people so that they stay longer, right? Because profitability really breaks down when you, when you, when you get, to, get down to it, it breaks down to recruiting, retention and per person productivity, right? Those are, those are the absolutely the pieces to it, which are the, the funnels that you're, the funnels that you're talking about. Uh, you know, the sales funnel and of course the, the talent funnel. Th- those things really help a, a broker keep those longevity profits if they bring the people in the right way and so you got to know who you are first. What are you good at? What do you like doing? Right? You can't you can't be a broker that, that says that I don't like to do training and you want to hire a bunch of new agents. Right? It just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. So so to begin with, you know, what are you good at? You know, what do you have in place? What are the tools and systems that you have as a uh, have as a company? And then you kind of have to build your conversations around that, but you still need to have fundamental conversations with the agents you're talking about. And I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll dig into that in just a a few minutes, but that, that kind of top of funnel of how you get connected with those people, you need to put yourself in a position that you do the recruiting in the way that you enjoy and like doing the recruiting. Recruiting does not have to be dreadful. Dr. Ben and I talk about it all the time in our masterminds, right? It doesn't have to be this terrible, horrible, dreadful thing that you're doing a bunch of stuff that you don't like to do. Because as soon as you get another opportunity, you're going to do that other thing. Right. And when it comes, when it comes down to to recruiting, you know, a lot of managers are really good at, at retention as an example. They're good at that, you know, their personality yeah. is just very good at retaining people. And then some other managers are really good about going out and getting people and connecting with them and everything. A lot of managers struggle being both of those because it's just not easy and because that's personality based. So number one, know yourself, know who you are, know what it is that you offer. That's going to allow you to put people in the funnel the right way. And it's going to allow you to recruit in a way that isn't dreadful. So you're actually going to do it more often and, and you're not going to be looking for a reason to not do it. Right. Ben, am I missing anything on that?
2: Yeah, no, 100 yeah, percent. You know, hit the, hit the nail on the head there. And uh, you know, you you brought up person, you brought up personalities there, and and I think you know a lot of times it's easy for a broker to come in and say, oh, you know, I only want, I, I want to start, you know, uh, recruiting talent or or trying to uh, acquire talent that's between this and this and this volume, um, or you know, they 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 live right here, or you know, even if they say, we well, you know, only want someone between you know, uh, twenty five and forty five years old, right? So it's like. You know, how many people does that, that, does that encompass? You know, how many personalities does that encompass? Um, You'll also, you know, since we're talking a little bit about personality here, you'll also, you know, maybe find brokers who are like, okay, I'm really into personalities. I only want someone with this Right? I only want like a high eye, right, or whatever. If you if you have an entire office full of like the same people, mm-hmm. man, it's going to be like pinball machine. Like everybody's going to be bouncing off, you know, bouncing off each other and, and it's going to be all over the place. So you, you really just have to uh, build those relationships, right? So we're all about value first. We're all about relationship first. You have to build those relationships so that you can actually find, um, you know, that person that's like, man, I really connect with him or her. Mm-hmm. Right. And no matter what their personality is, right, you don't want to know that, of course, but uh, I'm connecting with this person. I'm connecting. That. Do I see this person coming into my culture and, and, and actually like meshing and making the whole thing better? Right. Because, you know, in, in my opinion, right. And it's just my opinion alone. If it's just like, hey, everybody come. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, you have like, you know, just an, an absolute mess from a culture standpoint. Yeah. And when everybody comes. Everybody's gonna leave. That's right, right. It's like it's like a wave coming in, and 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 then it, and then it goes back out. So uh, basically, to to answer the the question of you know what what type of agent you know should should they be going after, you know the easiest the easiest answer to that question is the one that fits inside inside your culture.
0: Sure, understood. Now let's talk about some sources of those recruiting leads. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe start with kind of new agents, move on to experienced agents. Um, you know, once you're kind of know thyself and you're self aware, you want to kind of start to you know start conversations with those those type of like minded folks or mm-hmm. you know the complimentary folks t- uh, for your organization. What's the, you know what's the best way to find them? You know, starting with new agents, then moving on to experience agents.
1: Yeah, of course. So uh, so whenever it comes to whenever it comes to new agents, a lot of states have lists, right? You can you can grab onto the list and stay in touch with that, stay in touch with people that way. Uh, you can go through your MLS. Of course, there's there's you know uh, you know Jim, we're both really big fans of Relytics, right? I mean, that's such a great company with great with great data and everything. So, so those are those are some different ways, some different places that you can get that uh, so, to get that information. But that's kind of the that's kind of the technical answer, right? Uh, I, I want to dig a little bit into the tactical, right? So, how is it that you can actually? What is it that you can do to go get these people? So you know some of what we kind of coach people through again doing something that you like doing right Uh, what about a book club right you do a marketing book club do you get information out there in front of people and say hey listen i'm doing a book club we're doing it by zoom not trying to recruit anybody here we're actually just going to talk about this specific book over the next 3 months and hopefully it'll help you out with your help you out with your business at that point you're going to identify some cool people you're going to learn something more as a, as a broker the agents in your office are going to explore that culture and it's going to make it easier for them to refer other people to that not that some agents won't go out and say hey you need to come join my company because I'm going to get paid something off of it because of course they will and that's awesome but if you can get agents going out there and saying cuz agents hear that a lot Okay. Right. So it's not, you know, one one agent saying that's not the only conversation that 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 somebody else is going to hear. That's a productive agent about. Come join me because, you know, it it makes financial sense for everybody. So but but whenever it's something like whenever it's something, you know, like a a book club or something like that, or if it's, you know, if you learn how to do it with co-ops or you learn how to do agent appreciation parties or if you learn. I mean, there's you know tons of different tactics. Right. You can there's a way that we teach people to leverage uh, yard signs to be able to uh, to be able to to generate opportunities for recruiting. Right. So pick a tactic that you like that, you know, is the way that you want to do things. And that allows the people in your office. Also, if that's really your tactic, it allows them to become educated on on how you want to bring those people in through what's, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, the way you would vet them is what that would is what that would boil down to. And so if you think about companies that have had a lot of success recruiting, the reason why is because the agents that are in the brokerage all understand the message about why someone should join their brokerage. The better the agents are at that, the better the manager is at articulating that. The better off the the better off the agents or the easier it is for the agents to go out and kind of help you out, help you connect with that with people and kind of build the team build the team to, together for sure. Uh, I think uh, I think one other thing that, that's important to point out on you know whenever we're looking at at, at tactics. When when you're recruiting and you're getting your staff, your agents involved, you know uh, it's great to financially incentivize them. Okay, so absolutely financial compensation. If you can find some way of doing that, that's fantastic. You will get better returns. Please, this is we're at 13 minutes into the podcast. Go back and listen to this part again if you need to go back and listen to this part again. Emotional compensation is the compensation that experienced agents want most. So if you're emotionally compensating them and you're financially compensating them, they're going to be more likely to help you bring those other people into the office that are actually a good fit. So find those ways of emotionally compensating, find those ways that that are the way that you want to be able to to recruit and grow. And you have to be consistent with your message, with your agents. And the next thing you know, your entire office is helping you bring those people in. And so when you talk about attracting talent, Jim, that, that you're talking about, man, if your whole office is putting that vibe out. You're going to attract a bunch of the right people because they're actually infiltrating those circles where agents are that not every broker gets a chance to be in.
0: So I've I've heard, you know, what you just said referred to as kind of putting a deposit in the emotional Mm -hmm. piggy bank, so to speak. So what are ways you can do that with your own agents to kind of create that energy, that buzz that then is f- infectious and brings in the, the others in?
1: So sales meetings are, are a big one, right? Even if you're doing your sales meetings by Zoom or something like that, giving someone the credit that they deserve in front of their peers to say, not just, hey, Betty Sue brought this person on and now they're gonna make X amount of dollars off of that person, right? Not that that isn't good or, or bad, right? But, but but you know that's not gonna be as powerful as if uh, if you bring that person up that that helped make that introduction to the other person. And you say, hey, tell us a little bit about why Betty Sue was, you thought you, uh, why you thought Betty Sue was a great fit for the office. So now they're getting a chance to stand up there and kind of, you know, put their shoulders back a little bit and put their jaw up a little bit higher and and say out loud, I'm awesome. I'm helping our our, uh, office grow. And this is what I saw in that person that matches us. So that's a key point on this, okay? So whenever I talked about this in, in my offices, You know, I would tell people all the time, please connect with agents that are in the marketplace and get them to me and just know if you think they're a good fit, just know I'm gonna vet them. I'm gonna talk to other agents in the office and make sure that we know that they're a good fit because collectively we have to work together and we're gonna protect the hell out of our culture. When you take that stance with people and then somebody else comes up and gets the chance to make the introduction of the agent that they brought in, Now what it's basically saying is we protect our culture. We take care of our own. We look out for the people that are in our office. We make sure we take care of our clients by taking care of who's in our office. And I did a great job of that. And now we've hired somebody. So collectively that person gets, uh, it's not just the recognition of, Oh, I'm going to make X amount of bucks whenever they close a, whenever they close a transaction. Now it's like, I helped protect what is our own that's when that's whenever somebody all of a sudden uh, starts getting the feeling of 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 taking care of their business in their office and, and bringing the right people in and helping the vibe of the office grow in the right direction when some people if you have agents in your office that are competitive at all if they see somebody get that that emotional compensation a couple of times in a row and you can tell that they're back there fidgeting or they start texting or they start looking away whenever that whenever that's happening you as the broker at that point after that meeting, it's your job to walk your butt up there and go, "Hey, so uh, so I can't believe you know so and so got somebody else in there. You know, is there is there anybody else that you have kind of bumped into? I know you're really productive. Is there anybody else that you bumped into that we might be able to to get you up there in front of everybody and kind of talk about? At that point, what you're doing is you're using peer pressure, using competition, you're using what is innately those people. You're using that to help you f- help them incentivize them to find those other people that are a good fit for your office." So absolutely you can do it, you know, uh, with with that type of recognition. Now that's that's the very public type of recognition. I think that's I think that's absolutely fantastic. Just a second ago though, I said know thyself, right? You also have to know thy agents. Okay. So if you know the personality of your of your agents, some agents do not want to get up there in front of everybody and and have a and have a, a conversation about uh, you know, in front of everybody about who they brought on to the who they brought on. And so if you know that about that agent then maybe it's just a matter of you sending that particular person a handwritten note. Uh, maybe that's how they get emotionally compensated is because they like that. That boils down to you knowing the personality of the person that's, uh, personality the person that's in your office. All those things kind of stack up, but you notice there's a common theme here, right? The broker being diligent about understanding what's going on in their office and not treating recruiting like it's something that's uh, that's important only on Tuesday at, at, you know, five o'clock whenever they don't have anything else to do. Right. This it has to be treated like something big picture is part of what's going to help them grow their business. It's one of the three legs of the stool that that really drive profitability.
0: And so moving down kind of the pipeline, right, just like in sales, you've got leads, right? You initiate the the conversation with them and you need to kind of qualify them and move them to closing. So you know, you talked about kind of starting those conversations with the various agents in your in your market, you know that are, that are the fit, um, you know, for your brokerage. Now let's talk about how do you what do you recommend in terms of the process and the steps around you know kind of taking that uh, dialogue to be a little more formal, qualifying them as that fit, and then you know kind of closing them to 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 jumping on on board your brokerage.
2: And you know, I I, I feel like I feel like a lot of times that's where you know, cause we're talking about that sales, you know, we, we've compared, you know, kind of sales funnel to, you know, the, the, the talent funnel. Right. And a lot of times I think that's where, you know, brokers kind of get that right. And we hear this, hear this all the time, but, um, you know, uh, getting, getting that, that, that close, right. How do we close them by, by all means? Yeah. You know, you, you want to close them. You want to get, you want to get them to, to sign their, their, their name on the paperwork and say, yeah, I want to join your office. But I think, you know, if we take it, you know, just a little bit, a little bit a step further, right? From a value base and a relationship standpoint, if we look at this and we say, okay, like I, I invited this person to an interview, let's say, or, or not to an interview, to an event or something like that, or something that we did in our office or a, a an agent appreciation party like any, any of these things that everyone that everyone's familiar with and and I followed up and I said hey did you have a, did you have a good time or did you learn anything from that event or what was you know what what was your favorite what was your favorite thing well now all of a sudden I'm starting to have really good conversation really good conversations with that with that agent and I'm actually kind of learn you know learning more about them I'm obviously sharing you know more about me I'm definitely not saying uh, let me regurgitate on my tools and systems that I offer you know w- within within my brokerage. You know, I want them to know some personal things about me. I want to know some personal things um, about about them as well, so that we can really start to connect. But as far as like getting getting to getting to that close, you know, ideally, what what we what we all want, I think, what we what we would strive for is we want them to be coming to us and saying, "Listen, you've given me this, you've given me that, you've given me this, you've given you've given me that." You know, we had we had uh, um, one of our brokers in our in our in our mastermind. Who was recruiting an agent doing it, you know, very value based. Um, the agent ended up going somewhere else, but then he said, you know what, I'm just going to stay connecting with this, mm-hmm. this person and stay building that relationship. You know, a, a, a year later, uh, the, the, the agent says, Hey, you know, I'm in your neck of the woods. Would you like to grab lunch sometime? The broker says, yeah, absolutely. That would be great. He sits down and he says, you know what? Like I went to this other brokerage, you stayed in touch with me the entire time to be quite honest with you, you feel, you feel more like a friend to me than you, than you do a colleague. And, and he said, would it be all right if I came in and we just talked a little bit more about what, what your brokerage, you know, can do for me. Right, like how how much easier you know? Raise your hand if you're listening to this podcast. You know how how much would you like recruiting um, more if you were having those types of conversations? Right, and so you know, I would challenge I would challenge brokers out there to you know really you know kind of put that focus into just as much as you can you know be an active listener and and really learn what it is that that this person you know makes makes them tick. Um, by all means, you'll 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 close them. Mm-hmm but they'll, they'll close themselves right. um, you know, b- before you have to.
1: Yeah, so the closing, closing process actually starts long before you meet the agent. And I don't mean just sit down with them. They know about the reputation of your company. They've got a pretty good idea most of the time. They've got an idea because they've met other agents or, or something along that line. So the bulk of the time they know about you before you ever get into that, get into that conversation with them. The closing has already started one of the struggles that a lot of brokers have is the message that's out there as from them as a company as soon as the person gets into the recruiting cycle is what we is what we call it right because there's a ton of people outside the recruiting cycle and then there's a, a small number of people that are really in the recruiting cycle for lack of a better way of putting it from from our perspective and so Uh, Before they get into that before they get into that recruiting cycle and before they've met them, they've heard about the brand. They've heard things about the training. They've heard things about all these different things. If there's no continuity between all of those things, meaning that if, you know, they've heard good stuff about you, but then you call and the way you're following up is not consistent. You're not following up when you said that you were going to. And and whenever you set the appointment, you have to reschedule the appointment three times. And whenever you sit down and talk to them, you just regurgitate all the crap that your company does. If you're doing those things, and that's not what they heard to begin with, that is hindering you closing on them. And and, and I think a lot of brokers, uh, you know, from what we from what we see, and you know, we do a ton of discovery calls. Not everybody joins our our masterminds or or coaching or, or the other things that that we offer. And a lot of the times, some of the things that we see across all of those is is when there's not that continuity. In part, it's because the broker's busy. You know, so many times the broker's just overloaded, right? And and we get that. But if but if they can't make consistency across that, then the person feels like what was originally offered to them, what they were originally exposed to is different than what they're getting when they actually sit down with the person. And that's enough for them to say, no, thank you. And so, you know, whenever you talk about talent attraction, Part of the attraction is the initial message and reputation that they think they know. The more con- consistent that is across that whole recruiting process through the recruiting loop, the, the easier it's going to be to actually close them. Closing becomes so much easier when you say you're, when they hear from other people, you're a great person. They meet you and you're a great person. The tools that you have uh, are what great people use to do business with. Those are people you don't have to close, right? You might ask them and use tactics a little bit and everything, but for the most part, you don't have to close them. The people that you really have to struggle to close with are the ones that there's no continuity between all of that and there's no consistency between all of that. That's whenever people have a a hard time and and a lot of times whenever uh, whenever they struggle from a broker's standpoint, whenever they're trying to recruit.
0: Okay, so we've talked about kind of recruiting. We've gotten them up to kind of the closing part. They've signed on the dotted line, but recruiting is only half the equation to growth, right? Now you need to help them kind of be successful, right? To retain them and, and you know, help them to produce so that, you know, they bring sales to your organization and, and they have longevity with your organization. So, you know, retaining your agents is, you know, a, and a big part around coaching them and driving engagement in the office but, you know, little things can impact it, too, like the, the onboarding process and how they get started, right, and how you engage with them initially. <laughs> and the answer is probably a little different where, whether they're a new agent or an experienced agent. But what do you think – let's start with onboarding. Like, what do you think is significant and how they how you should kind of um, integrate them into your firm, starting with a new agent, then kind of an ex- experienced agent?
1: We, we think there's four stages to recruiting, okay? So there's, there's the appointment process, there's the interview process, there's post-interview follow-up, and then there's onboarding. And, and onboarding is part of the recruiting process. And we talk to a lot of brokers that, that don't really, until we talk to them, they don't really piece that together the way that they should. That is the culmination of all the promises that you made along the way that you can possibly deliver on that day. Right. And I think a lot of times what ends up happening is, is brokers focus on the paperwork because that's the, that's the, the, the technical time when all that's supposed to happen. Absolutely that should happen then. And absolutely that should be efficient. But that really should be more of the time that's really, uh, that's really, uh, you know, putting on display all the promises that you made along the way. Otherwise onboarding becomes very anticlimactic. Let me, let me give you a very, a very real example. And this kind of goes back to another part of the funnel that we were talking about just a, just a second ago. And this kind of makes Dr. Ben and I cringe just a little bit whenever, uh, whenever we see this, right? So a new agent joins the new agent joins the company. And there's this big logo that's half of the screen, and then there's the agent's face that's another part of the screen and there's a big thing that says welcome and it literally looks like every other person that's joined that every other person that's joined that company. okay? From an onboarding standpoint, what in in our opinion, what makes the most sense, especially if someone else, another agent in your office, helped bring that agent on board, then you as the broker at that point, it would make more sense, we believe. To put both of those people standing next to each other on onboarding day, make sure you make an appointment with the agent that brought them on as well as the person that's coming in. And you're not going to say, uh, hey, you know, why is my company better than every other company? Right. Because on day one, they're like, wait a minute. You know, I I don't know exactly. That's where I'm where I'm at with that. Right. But what you're going to say instead is, uh, you know, get behind the camera, have a, have a couple of questions ready, have both of them standing there, and say something along the line of, uh, you know, uh, uh, Betty Sue, who brought this agent on, Betty Sue, tell us a little bit about why you thought that that Jimmy Joe was a great was a great uh, person to bring onto the office, and then you get them talking a little bit back and forth, and that's what gets posted for the person being new to, the, new to the company, do that on onboarding day, the excitement level should be high, especially if you do that the, the right way. Now, all of a sudden, when someone's scrolling through their feed and they see that on social media, the agent that brought them on, man, they're getting some press, right? They're getting even more of that emotional compensation that we talked about just a second ago. The person that's coming on gets to say things like "Oh, like, you know, I'm you know, I'm excited to be with uh, with X, Y, Z company because, uh, you know, uh, my clients, you know, I really think that they deserve whatever. And I think I can help out from a marketing standpoint and all this kind of stuff. So now all of a sudden, everybody's kind of getting the recognition they deserve. And it's not like the company logo isn't going to be on there. Of course it is. That actually says something bigger about the company. Then putting the company on there and making it look like the agent is the byproduct to the to the to the welcome. The welcome should not be about the company. The welcome should be about the decision the agent made to join that company. And if you can put that on display, and if you can get other people that helped bring them on involved in that, even if it's just them sharing that through their social and saying, hey, I'm so glad that so-and-so joined the brokerage, you know, the office. We really love them being on there. They're really our they're they're really our team. That's really our people. Whatever it is that you want to say. Now all of a sudden everybody's involved, everybody's engaged, and that is what's putting your company on display from a culture standpoint. That's the kind of stuff, Jim, that should be happening on onboarding day, not a bunch of freaking paperwork.
2: Yeah, and I want to add to that, you know, just just one second, right? So when I was uh, just a young pup, <laughs> Transformers, and like you know having you know if you if you're a little boy in the '80s, right? You want you love Transformers. Right. And the one Transformer you wanted was like Optimus Prime. I did, Prime. by the way. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, same. Same. Still do. Right. And the one Transformer, like the first one you wanted was Optimus Prime. Right. Like he's the leader of the Autobots and everything was just spectacular about him. Well, if, you know, my kids now I have two little boys and, and they're into Transformers, which is really cool for me. But if I if I go to my, my oldest, Marshall, and I say, Marshall, I really want you to clean your room. Right. Keep, I need you to clean your room. I need you to clean your room. And they're awesome. They keep the room clean. But I need you to clean your room. He's like, oh man, I just don't feel like I'm not so sure. Do I want to clean my room? Would it be worth it? Is it just going to be, you know, a mess tomorrow? I'm like, listen, if 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 you clean your room, I will get you. A, I'll get you Optimus Prime. I'll get you a transform. <laughs> I'll get you Optimus Prime. Well, now Marshall says, done. I go in there. He's like, bam, 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 right. He's cleaning his room like left and right. Then he comes back out, and I pull out this box, and it says like Transmorfur, <laughs> optimal, <laughs> optimal Prime, right? And it's like. What is this? You said I would get Optimus Prime, a transformer. And he's like, Man, what you know, what, what makes him want to do that again? And then all of a sudden I'm like, Emmet, you know, my my youngest, I'm like, Emmett, you need to clean your room. You need to clean your room, Emmett. And and he, and he and I'm like, I'll get you a transformer, I'll get you Optimus Prime. Well now Marshall is gonna say, Emmet, hey, Emmett, don't do it. It's not it's not what he, he it's not what he's promising. Yep. It's a transmorpher, Op, it's optimal prime. A transmorph turns into a garbage truck or something
1: right well, it turns into a garbage uh, pail kit yeah
2: exactly and so so you know, you build those expectations through the recruiting process, just like Matt said, it's the delivery of your promises and those things happening i want the one thing that I wanted to add on top of that story was uh getting getting everyone involved. So when that person comes on, it is not, it, it is, it is the broker's responsibility to say, I'm so glad you're here. Here's all the ways that, here's all the ways I said I was going to support you and here's where there are, where the, where they are. Right. As soon as, as soon as they're like part of that, there needs to be, you know, the admin and it depends on the size of your brokerage. Like I totally get it. If you don't have a lot of people, then then plan on doing this in the future. That admin immediately, like once leaves you, like now, now goes and says, um, hey, hey, Betty Sue! We're so glad that you've joined the brokerage. This is what I do for agents, and I want you to make. I just want to make sure that you know, because I don't want you and you're spending time on these things when it's my job to to assist you in that. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, Sally goes back back to you know uh, to to doing her admin stuff, and and now now Donnie comes up and he says. Um, hey, I, you know I'm an agent here in the office. You know I'm, I'm I have a you know I have a podcast, and you know I'm really excited about you being here. You know maybe sometime I'll interview you on my podcast just to give you some content. Man, that'd be great. Then he leaves, and then all of a sudden, you know Sean calls him like a couple hours later, and he says uh, or calls her and he says Betty Sue, I heard you joined the office. That is spectacular. You know, I'm an agent in the office as well. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of a techie guy. I really enjoy it. You know, so uh, Matt has told me, you know, like, would you mind being our tech specialist? And I just want to let you know if you have any kind of IT questions or anything like that, it's never a bother. It's one of those things that I really I really enjoy doing. So please reach out to me. I, I would love to love lo- lo- to show you that. And once that person has gone through that process, of course, there's paperwork and all those kind of things, which which is what most brokers think onboarding is. Right. It's filling out the paperwork. But once they've gone through this process and they've like, you know, met different people who are all saying people who aren't even on the payroll, (laughs) who are all saying, listen, I'm I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Because because if I'm that tech specialist, I'm saying, Betty, C, what are you good at? Right. And Betty, Betty C is going to say, I don't I don't know, but I'm good at something. I'm going to find it out and I'm going to tell you what I'm (laughs) what it what it is. And and she's going to let you know right now. Now, all of a sudden, Betty. So how does she feel? Does she feel like, you know, she made the right decision or does she feel like, you know, that first day of school when you walk in and you're in seventh grade, you know, you just switch schools as me. And then you walk in and you sit down and you look around the room and there's not one person that, you know, and not one person is getting up out of their seat, you know, in middle in middle school and coming over to introduce themselves. And you're like, oh, man, I don't know what I got myself into. Okay right it starts it starts very awkward but if you you know if you if, if if that was the opposite right and everybody gets up and everybody's like oh man you're the new kid what do you oh my goodness I, you know I love that I love this here play and, with my optimal prime <laughs> yeah here play with my optimal prime he's a transmorpher. and uh <laughs> well then I'll, then all of a sudden gosh it's like whoa! I love this school this is the best school ever why would I want to go anywhere else and that's why most kids love elementary school. It's not just because of crayons, but they can't stand- Although well, the
0: crayons are nice, right? Crayons yeah. are nice. And they taste Crayon delicious. A, <laughs> yes, right. spending a but significant that, part of your day drawing sounds right. pretty yeah. awesome most, these days.
2: That's right. No yeah, most, people would say, most people would say I loved elementary school. My wow. elementary school was awesome. And it's because when they came in, it was like, everybody was just like, hey, how's it going? Right, let's go play, right? You like playing football? Let's go play football. You like doing this? Yeah, let's go do this. We're all just friends. Yeah. And it's why we don't have, you know, great great um, memories, you know, through throughout the other schools.
1: Yeah, there's something something to add to that Ben that's that's super important on this. If your team is not comfortable and doesn't like doing that, you've got the wrong team. You're you're not going to be able to talent attract if your team doesn't like doing that. That's part of it. Here's the other part of it the the onboarding it's way too late to get your team excited about that person just at onboarding that's difficult for them to turn that switch on there, there's a way that we that we help our uh, you know help our help our clients get people involved very very early in the process so that they're engaged all the way through so that that so that onboarding is a celebration onboarding is not kind of like the beginning, right? It's the culmination. It's actually commencement in that situation. But there's, there's a smart way of being able to do it, and everybody has a team that should be excited about this. And, and, you know, if, if, think about it like this, if a recruit walks out of your office and you just had an appointment with them and they're kind of on the fence just a little bit, and then all of a sudden they get a call from the admin and they get a call from that tech specialist and one of the agents in the office and your in house lender and your title person, your insurance guy, the person that you use for home inspections and everything, all these people are reaching out over, you know, 24, 48 hour period and just going, Hey, you know, I work really closely with, with, uh, with, with Ben at the office and, you know, he's a, he's an incredible manager, but just know that I'm here for you if you need anything regardless of whether you join that, whether you join that company or not, everybody wins in that situation. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to add something that we come across with a, with a lot of brokers and then, and then we'll quit, and then we'll quit talking about this because we didn't mean to, we, we didn't mean to drive off a cliff. We just love this crap. So uh, if you're worried that you have an experienced recruit conversation with somebody and they walk out the door and you don't want to tell your team to call them because it has to be a very confidential conversation that means you frame that conversation wrong there is a way to frame that conversation that if you do it the way that we talk about you're not going to have an issue with someone that is contemplating joining your company want to keep everything confidential until it comes time for them to until it comes time for them to move
0: that's onboarding right which is you know 30 to 90 days of the agent starting with your firm right? And from our friends at Realytics and their stats, you know, it, you know, it looks like after three years, the retention really starts going up when they're stick with kind of a brokerage. But that first three years, right? Uh, that's the period where there's the highest um, attrition if the promise doesn't keep true with the, the initial conversations, right? Yeah. So let's talk about how to keep them stick around, but also producing, right? During, during that time period, right? Mm-hmm. So And, you know, we found it it typically is around kind of coaching and driving engagement. Let's start with coaching first. As the brokerage, right, especially with any new agents, if they're getting started and they don't produce, they're probably not going to stick around long term. What what do you recommend? And it's, you know, obviously new agents are one thing, experience is another. What should these brokers be doing in terms of kind of coaching their agents around production? But honestly, anything, mindset, whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to help them succeed, How should they be approaching that and coaching those agents from after the 90 day period on an ongoing basis um, to help them be successful within within the context of their brokerage?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, we we I don't know if we've ever labeled it a rule. I'll call I'll label it right here. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, everyone. Right. The the broker growth accelerator. uh, We're dropping the 60 percent rule. Right. So it doesn't matter what tools your agent's using. That's correct. Right. CRM, uh, you know, uh, CRM this, CRM that, um, lead gen this, lead gen that. Rolodex. Yeah, exactly. Rolodex. Ideally, they're using your tools and systems. Right. That builds in retention. That's right. I'm talking just from an ideal standpoint. But 60 percent. If they if they can get to sixty percent capacity on whatever it is, sixty percent capacity of of what that what that tool or system is capable of, right? You don't have to strive for one hundred percent. Don't have to strive right. for for eighty or eighty or ninety. If they can get over that tipping point, over that half, because every right, just imagine, just imagine, Jim, if if all the brokers listening were utilizing sixty percent of BrokerKit. Mm-hmm. Just sixty percent, right, of everything that it can do. Just imagine how how, how, how much happen. further their recruiting would go, right? And you know, attention. broker everything. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. a little
0: biased, but I believe they'd be crushing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, they would. They would, right? Yeah. And and so. The same thing, the same thing with their agents, if they took their CRM and they filled that CRM with, you know, contacts of, um, you know, people in their sphere of influence and that kind of thing. And then they utilized you know, the, the, the different tools with, within that, within that CRM to a 60% capacity, they would just get more deals than they know what they don't know what yep. to do with. When I got into real, when I got into real estate, right. That, that, like like Matt was saying, like that first year, I closed about 30 transactions. I didn't even know a dog in Florida. But what I did what I did learn from a one hour webinar that I watched was uh, that the size of your database is the basically the size of your paycheck. And I said, okay, well, what are the things that I can do that that continuously add, you know, names to to my database? And I just did all those activities. Right. That's completely different podcast. I just did. I did all those activities. And then I said, okay, now now that they're there, what can my tool do? and 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 then i said okay tool go and do all those things that we did right now i'm a learner but i do know uh from a tech standpoint or just from a um a utilization standpoint that if you just if you just pick something you say i'm going to be really good at this it'll expand it'll expand into other areas uh-huh. but what i can't do is try and be pretty 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 good or or even amazing at everything that i have right you have to start you have to start somewhere And then you start overlapping your systems, right? So as a broker, you know, me talking to a broker, that was me talking to agents. As me talking to a broker, I would say, help them find that one thing, especially Uh if it's something you offer, that's even better. And then help, you know, that that matches what the, how they want to prospect and then help them get to 60% um, capacity of whatever that, whatever that thing, whatever that thing can do. Uh Once you get them there, man, they're going to be so hooked and they're they're going to be doing business who are they going to go back to and say, well, what else should I do? What should I do next? Right. And that just leads to retention.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. So Matt, t- take it from here, but I wanted to make sure that, that we brought, we brought that up.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I came across this, I was doing a mastermind with some up uh, with some top producers and I asked a couple of different questions and, uh, and, you know, uh, we talked about this at, uh, whenever we first got on, Jim. I, I love being in a group with smart people, right? Because you just learn so much shit. You know, it's just so good all the way around to be able to absorb a whole bunch of stuff from a whole bunch of different people. I, I, I just love it. And so these people were all very productive. And I asked them, you know, what set them apart and everything and, and what tools and systems they used. All of them wanted to use the system that they liked more. But they just could not get over that hump. Of how to utilize that. That's part of the reason why Ben and I do what we do. What we do, we, we don't help people implement a whole bunch of new stuff in their in their in their business. What we do is we help them we help them leverage the things that they have already to a to a, a level of usage that gives them back the time that they need to have either through automation or through just doing things more effectively. And so when and I the wonder, best
0: CRM, the best CRM is always the one you actually
1: use. Absolutely, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. And so I went around there and, and, and they were all saying kind of the same thing. Man, I'd love to I'd love to use this a little bit more and I need to learn this a little bit more. And so, if, you know, a person across from the table is, oh, I use this and Oh, I use that. And they were all just super excited about how they were going to help each other use this. And then what happened? I think we all know the answer to this. They went back to work. And as soon as they went back to work. Their, their idea of capacity skyrocketed when they were hanging out with everybody and everybody saying, this is how I do it and everything. And then reality came in. And when reality came in, it took a nosedive and they went back to the same rut that they were in before. If you're a broker and you're listening to this, your job is to get their capacity up on the tools and systems that make them as productive as possible. If you're not doing that, someone else is going to someone else is going to promise them that and they're going to move to that brokerage because of it or someone else is going to help them do that. And if you want to retain people and you get somebody using something efficiently to 60% capacity and they go somewhere else, you think the next CRM they're using, they're going to do a 60% capacity or the next thing they try to implement in their business, they're going to get the 60% capacity. No, they're going to be told to just go do it on their own because that's not how most people look at support when it comes to a, when it comes to it, when it comes to an agent. So uh, let me let me add one more thing on on this Uh that's a, that I think is a, that I think is critical. Right, a lot of agents go out and buy their own tools and do not use the tools that the brokerage has to offer. And part of the reason why is because, one, they say they don't want to be tied to that broker. Right, I want to have my own independent thing so that I can make whatever decision I I, I want to make and everything. I don't find that to be the main reason. Nobody wants to go out and spend their own money, spend their own time training, and go learn all these things themselves just to be able to do something to completely stand on their own unless the tool that the broker has sucks if the tool is that terrible shame on you broker go get a new one
0: or, or they're worried somebody's going to take their data.
1: absolutely too. somebody yeah absolutely they, they want to be able to put it all in their suitcase and leave when the time comes 100 percent, absolutely if you as the broker can can support them this is going to sound really difficult support them on that decision and say, hey, look, I know you have this other database. I'd love to help you get your usage on that database to a, to a higher level. I want you to get more efficient with it. I know how to use my my database, but I'd really love to help you use your database more efficiently. If I'm an experienced agent and I've made that decision that I can pack everything up in my suitcase and take it away with me if I want to and because I want to go do what I want to do, and my broker says, hey, I want to help you be more efficient and I'm not scared about your independence, That right there alone is going to help that broker have a different place with that agent and keep that agent longer just because you're truly supporting them and they're truly supporting them in their business. That also gives you a chance to learn more about that tool because don't think that's the only agent in your market that's leveraging that tool. Now, when you sit down from a recruiting uh, standpoint, and somebody says, oh, "Oh, you know, I know that you use this CRM, but I actually use this other CRM," you at that point as the broker can say, "You know what? I've got it. I'm, I'm very familiar with that CRM. Also, I've got two agents in my office that use it. I actually help them leverage it better. I'd love to do the same thing with you. Do you think the brokers telling them that? Do you think that's what they're hearing from their current broker? I'd say probably not." And so so that gives you that chance to be that resource to them, which is what they need in their business. Don't be afraid of that tool that you think it's just because they want to walk out the door with it. Don't be afraid of that tool. Get them to a certain level of capacity and you're going to have a different relationship with them as a broker and you're going to win bigger and they're going to stay longer
0: kind of moving on the other piece about retention we found and we hear a lot about in talking to other brokers out there in the marketplace is just driving engagement people mm-hmm. people keeping their head in the game so to speak um keeping your brokerage top of mind and Matt I know you're pretty vocal about community right and driving community which is kind of another way of saying the same thing what what do you recommend a broker should be doing to drive that community and and therefore the engagement of their you know of, of their agents out there to Keep focused, right? Um, you know, prospecting mm-hmm. especially can be hard, right? And yep. um, it's challenging for people to be off on an island, picking up mm-hmm. the phone and calling every day if they don't have other people to kind of talk to, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, what are what are the things you recommend that the broker should be doing to? To drive that engagement and that sense of community.
1: Yeah, so so Ben is. I'm going to talk a little bit about this, and but Ben is the big brain on this, right? So uh, and and Ben, he'll talk about user generated content, I'm sure, in just a second, because that's a huge way of of getting everybody to kind of share things and getting the word out with everybody. So I'm sure he'll touch on that in just a second. But you know, as far as a, as far as community goes, you know, step one is you have to have a a systematic way of delivering a consistent message that makes it easy for everyone to everyone to get. Okay, so uh, let me let me give you a a real life example. Right. So everybody, you know, there's a ton of offices that had this had this before me. My my office was uh, before the pandemic. You know, people came in a lot. They were there a bunch. We did a whole bunch of things together, all that kind of stuff. So as soon as the as soon as the pandemic hit, you know, there was a void there. And it's not just my office, but with a a lot of brokerages, there was there was a void there. Like the day after two days after the, the lockdown, the lockdown happened, I opened up a Facebook group. Okay, and so, you know, a bunch of other like I said, a bunch of other offices had Facebook groups long before me. This isn't something that was was revolutionary. But man, I started having happy hours, people sitting at their house. Having drinks, us all just talking about what was going on and looking out for each other while we're sitting there on Facebook, having a, you know, sitting on Facebook, having, having as good of a time together as we could, dealing with all of the, dealing with all the uncertainty. The reason why isn't because I wanted to sit around and have a virtual happy hour with, with people. Okay. That isn't, I had better stuff to do with my, with my time than that. The reason why was because that was the community that I created. And if I abandoned that, they were going to go somewhere else and look for that. Once people have community, they will stay. They will strive to stay within that community. They'll stay to strive to continue engagement. They'll support each other in it. They'll look out for each other in it. But the only way that happens is if you create that to begin with. And I'm going to I'm going to leave that up to Ben. He'll talk about, you know, a couple of different ways that, that we can do that. And, you know, we talk a lot about user generated content, too. So.
2: Yeah. I'm just going to say, I agree with Matt. Move next question. I'm just checking. So, um, whenever that's the last question, by the way, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Mike Trump. Let, let me know how to, t- how to get in touch with you guys. <laughs> whenever, whenever we took brokerpreneur podcast and we turned it into brokerpreneur, right. When we were looking for our, our very first, uh, cause there's some relation here, relationships here, even to recruiting, we were looking for, um, our first product to be a community that simplifies, uh, gr- brokerage growth. Right. And the reason that is, is because even from a recruiting standpoint, so we're talking to agents here, even from a recruiting standpoint, how many of you brokers out there um, have have tried have tried recruiting or, you know, you're doing you're doing different things and you just felt like, man, I'm 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 all alone because it can be lonely at the top
1: or the bottom <laughs> right? or
2: the middle. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It can be lonely anywhere. But, you know, if 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 you're the one that's like the captain of the ship, Right, like it it can it can be lonely, and it takes a special you know person to kind of be there. That's why you are where you where you are, and uh, and so uh, we said that that's what bro- that's what brokers need. They need community, right? So now it's fun. Like everybody comes together, and they you know we recruit together and do all those things, right? And it's like man, I just I just love this because I feel like I'm not alone. That's the exact same thing that needs to happen. Within within your brokerage. So that's the engagement that you're looking for. You know, by all means, like I'm a come into the office type person, right? Like I loved going to the office every day. And every day that I went to the office, I would go, you know, there were, I don't know, 30, 30 agents or something in there. i would go to every single one of them before I even got started. And I'd be like, uh, hey, I just hope you have a great day. Um, how, how's everything going is there anything I can do for you right because I want to build you know even though it wasn't my brokers I wanted to build a culture um, and 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 just kind of know everybody right and I wanted everybody to know me as a broker that's kind of what you want whether that you know not everybody was like oh I'm so excited to talk to Ben at eight in the morning I haven't even had my coffee right and he's like bouncing off the walls with all this energy and he's always you know smiling like you know I wish I gotta get out of my face <laughs> right maybe that's the case but um I, I it was important.
1: And they it was, knew what it to was expect.
2: So, it was exactly, and they knew what to expect, and that's, exact, and that's exactly what, you know, a broker should do. When we're talking about, you know, Matt brought up user-generated content, so I don't want to uh, neglect that by any stretch of the imagination. So user-generated content, um, if you're talking about engagement from a social standpoint, right, we're talking, you know, any, any of the social media platforms. We don't even have to name one you're look you're looking for other con, you're looking for other content that you can share of the agents in your brokerage. That doesn't have to be agents in your brokerage. If you're looking like there's somebody who you really want to recruit, right? You can you can you can do it with those those as well, but we're really talking about the agents that you already have, right? Your core group. Now, if if it's really easy for a broker to say, oh, something's just listed by Betty Sue," or "Betty Sue just sold this thing," or Bill who we can't stand has another expired <laughs> right whatever
1: Friendly <laughs> Bill alone Ben Yeah the properties expire leave. in this bill, market bill, <laughs> bill just leave And so um, <laughs> sorry
2: if your name is Bill and you're listening Yeah we right. didn't we're we're we meant that. the other Bill Yeah the other Bill <laughs> Well even more so right if uh, we we just we just came through you know the holiday season if everyone's putting a picture out there of their kids in Halloween costumes and Halloween, if I'm a brokerage owner, I'm going to look at, you know, uh, Betty Sue, my agent, and I'm going to look at her Instagram or whatever. And, and, and I see that photo. Of course, I'm going to ask Betty Sue, Betty Sue, would it be okay if I, if I shared this? And what's she going to say? Yes, of course. Right. That's my, those are my babies, right? I put it out there for the world to see. Yes. So now all of a sudden I'm taking this, this image, um, of Betty Sue's kids in, you know, uh, transmorpher costumes, right? She couldn't afford the real one, uh, transmorpher cost- <laughs> costumes. And I'm putting that on my brokerage. And now what's everybody going to do? Everybody's going to say, Oh my goodness, look, that's optimal prime. And, uh, look, you know, there's, um, you know, bumblebee. That's so awesome. She must love that it's kid Jumbledore. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee. Well, Dumbledore. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And
1: car scream instead of star <laughs>
2: Well, then they get all those. She starts getting all these likes and she gets all getting getting all these comments. Well, two things. What's Betty Sue going to say? She's going to say, man, I'm so grateful for where I work. Look at all the other agents that I work with commenting on how they love my kids costumes. Well, then she's also going to say, I need to share all these com uh, those all these amazing comments with the people on my page. So I'm going to reshare this back to my page so that I can show everyone. Look that everyone is saying such amazing things about my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. This can be Halloween costumes. This can be, um, photos, you know, everybody Unlimited. posts a picture of their, of their Christmas trees. This could be like little Johnny. I don't always say Jeff. This could be like little Jeff made straight A's. Right. Like, and, and little Jeff, he needs to, he needs that. Right. He deserves If he made straight A's, he deserves that recognition. Yes. Right. Although so it, Bill
0: did not, but yes. Right. He, yeah. Hard.
2: Bill, the Bill's out. Bill got straight <laughs> E's for expired. And so, So, so just think, think about that as you're perusing, as you're going through content or your, um, you can even have your admin do this, right? Like, um, you know, how many people, who the people that, you know, just love social media in, in that, that work in your office, right? There's going to be a couple. But if they, but if they go through and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, this is a really cool thing, right? Betty Sue got a new car, right? Betty Sue has a lot of good things happen to her on our podcast. So, <laughs> um, Betty Betty Sue got a new car, Bill or so she much. got it, yeah, so or much. she got a new house, <laughs> or she's on vacation. Right. Any of any of those things that 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 are happening, and you're pulling that after permission, and you're sharing that on your page, and we're saying, "Oh, Betty Sue's on vacation. She's in Hawaii. This is so well deserved. She works so hard. Um, I'm super excited to see that she's enjoying the fruits of her labor." Yep, and so right. can't wait to see, can't wait to see you when you come back. Right, bring me a coconut.
1: And the law of reciprocity is a big deal in that. Right, so so. When if you're talking about everybody being engaged, when you're when when everybody's doing that with everybody else becomes a, a, a feeling of reciprocity that they have to share. And so the next thing you know, your entire office is sharing and grabbing things from like a bunch of different directions and a bunch of different people. So you as the broker, once you get that moving and you start sharing that content that way, it's of course you have to stay engaged, but you're not the driver behind it. It takes on a life of its own because of the reciprocity, which is it which is a critical point in this. It can't be just you driving.
0: Great. Uh, that, that was gold, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, we could talk forever. Uh, but, you know, our listeners probably sitting in their car right now in the garage uh, with the groceries in back and they need to take them to the kitchen. So we'll probably have to you know, there's lots to talk about. Maybe we can take this up on kind of the next podcast. We're coming up on an hour here. But where can our listeners find you guys online if they want to, you know, kind of hear more?
2: So if you want to listen to our podcast, you can find us on all podcast platforms, Brokerpreneur Podcast. It's half broker, half entrepreneur. That's where that word came from. Um, if you want to um, you know, kind of check out you know, what it is that we do um, at Brokerpreneur, go to brokerpreneurpodcast.com and check out all those cool things that we have no matter what phase or stage of the brokers that you're in. Every single Friday, we have the Brokerpreneur Not-So-Secret Society um, I'll get the I'll get the uh, the registration link uh, to to Jim for that. It is an absolutely free mastermind that we do every single Friday, twelve o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, that all brokers and owners are, are and managers are welcome to. We just come in there. We kind of have a, a casual, fun setting talking about you know brokerage growth. So um, any of those any of those three ways you can kind of get get access to us, and and we would just love to kind of hear your story and and learn more about your about your brokerage. Awesome.
0: Thanks, Matt and, and Dr. Ben, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in this week. We hope that you will continue to tune in, you know, to learn some new tips on how to grow your brokerage. But but I want you to kind of think, you know, about what you heard today and put some of these tips into practice. Um, good luck and uh, have a great day. If you enjoyed our show, please add a rating for us on Apple or Spotify podcasts, and be sure to come back next time to hear more strategies that will help you grow your business. Until then, this is Jim Turner, and don't forget. You need to put some of these tips to work today.
2: Thanks for listening to the Broker Growth Accelerator podcast by BrokerKit.
0: This episode was produced by Jared White from InPhase Media and created and hosted by Jim Turner from BrokerKit.